Anna Rose Nicolay, otherwise known to me as Josie's sister. She is going to bring the word. Would you give a great Desert Life Church welcome to all of our three preachers tonight? Hello, everyone. Whoa, I'm like still getting used to the microphone, so it's a bit, a bit new to me. Um, but yeah, my name is Anna. Um, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really like enjoying it at Alice Springs, and I actually wish that I could stay here a little bit longer, but obviously I can't. Um, but yeah, a bit about myself. I'm 22 years old. I do love the beach. I also love adventure, but most of all, I love God, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, I was eating a Snickers bar on Friday. I don't know if anyone out here likes Snickers, but um, my sister is anaphylactic to peanuts, so growing up, I could never eat peanuts, and I always like played it cool, like, whatever, peanuts are gross, nobody eats peanuts. And then um, this year, I discovered that Snickers are actually, like, amazing. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, I was eating the Snickers bar, and I just, like, started thinking about the slogan, you're not you when you're hungry. Um, and then, like, my mom, <laughs> this is just me sitting in my room, just, yeah, this is what happens. And um, my mind just, like, went on this tangent of thoughts. And I, like, started thinking how funny it is that, like, in society, we often treat hunger as a bad thing. But we all know that when we're hungry, food tastes so much better, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> and despite knowing that, like, when it comes to waiting for dinner, we often, like, feel the need to, like, snack. Like, we can't just make it through to the meal. Like, we need to binge on a little bit of food here, but then it turns into, like, a massive feed. And before we know it, we've gone through, like, a few boxes of shape, shapes, and we can't, like, enjoy the full meal that's presented to us, right? Like, that happened to me today. That is literally what happened at the picnic after church. I was, like, eating all these KFC chips, and when the wraps arrived, I was, like... Oh, a rap. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, but I think this is like, this is kind of what we do to God sometimes, right? Like, we each have this deep hunger for the things of God, but we often go filling ourselves with other things, and then we only get a small taste of all he has for us. And then we wonder why we're not hearing from him, but how can we hear from him if we're not bringing our hunger to him? And in... John 1.38, two of John's disciples followed Jesus. This was John 1.38, in case you missed it. Um, and Jesus turns around and he asks them, what do you want? And I think Jesus asks us the same thing. He sees our hungry heart and he asks us, where are you taking it? And so I gave Jesus a big yes probably only actually about a year ago. Before that, I was a bit half in, half out. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. But I didn't know what a relationship with God looked like. I didn't know my identity in Christ. And I really struggled believing God loved me and that Jesus died for me. And so I found myself on some rather destructive paths, always trying to feel that hunger within me, um, but just like never, like always coming away feeling like more broken and more empty inside. And it wasn't until started last year that I actually just like came to the end of myself and I knew deep down God was the only way out of my mess. And it was in this place of desperation that I began to just sit still and wait for God to show up. And sometimes it felt pointless, but I just like continued in it and stayed expectant. And then one day God showed up and I received like these amazing visions of him and how he sees me. And I was just overwhelmed by his love. And for the rest of that year, I held on to that encounter and the words God spoke over me. And I continued to just sit in his presence and wait upon him. And I ended up going to this really cool mission school in Brazil where I encountered God like never before. And I discovered that there are truly no limits to how much we can experience him. But I think it comes down to how much we hunger and thirst after him. How long are we willing to wait upon him? How desperate are we to receive all he has for us? 
Through my experiences, I discovered God always satisfies the hungry heart. And he's with us in the waiting. He sees us and he will bless us and do abundantly more than we can imagine or comprehend. But sometimes I think we really just need to enter a place of solitude. We need to get away from the noise, the distractions, the voices pulling us away from God. And, like, even Jesus did this countless times, and he is God. And so, like, how much more would we need to do it then? Um, I remember a few months ago, I was just at, like, my college at Hope Centre in Brisbane, and I was chilling reading this book that we had to read for, like, study. And I just felt God, like, tug on my heart to, like, put down the book and go spend time with him. But I was like, I really need to finish this chapter so I can do the quiz, and, like, I have to go to church this afternoon. And then... (laughs) And then I felt like God tugged me again, and I was like, oh. And then it wasn't until the third time that I, like, put down the book, and I, like, went into a room, shut the door, put on some worship music, and I just laid down. And it was like, all of a sudden, it was like heaven on earth, and I was just, over, like, overwhelmed by God's love once again. Um, and afterwards, I was like, I can't believe I was choosing a book over God. Like, who does that? Um, But, you know, so often we get tired of waiting for God to show up in our circumstances or lives. But I wonder how many times he's been sitting at the table waiting for us to come and dine with him. I think, wow, wouldn't it be so much better if God didn't have to tug my heart like that? But instead, if I was taking every opportunity to run after his throne, to sit at his feet and to drink from his life-giving water. And wouldn't it be so much greater if we're coming to him hungry that when we sit at his table, we can eat and enjoy the meal that he's prepared for us? we haven't filled up on junk beforehand I really cherish and I'm really so thankful for every moment and encounter I have with God but I and I hold on to every word he gives um, to me but I know that there is more coming back from Brazil and into full-time study my biggest challenge has been guarding my time with God there are so many things that try to pull us away from his presence from hearing his voice but I want to stay in a place where all I want is him to know his heart to go deeper and deeper to never settle on old bread but to hunger after fresh revelations of his love I think sometimes we just need to do a sort of reality check we need to ask ourselves where we're taking our hungry hearts so that we can experience all he has to give to us And I believe God has something for each of us every day. And it just simply starts by submitting our whole selves to him. I think of Psalm 27 verse 4. And my prayer and encouragement to all of us tonight is that we might be like David where he writes, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So yeah, I think like let's just keep running after Jesus until we finish the race. Yeah. This is what it feels like. <laughs> um, I've never been in front of people. Um, I'm, I'm always behind the scenes. This is scary. <laughs> um, I wrote a book. It has nothing in it. So just thought I'd let you know that. Um, two years ago, um, the interns from Hope, Hope Center came to um, Alice Springs. I think there's a photo, um, maybe, on screens. Um, that's, that's, that's when I met um, that amazing group of interns. 
And I never knew I would do this. And now here I am, standing in front of you guys. Um, um, I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm from Alice Springs. Um, Uh, so my topic today is, um, or tonight, is um, I'll be um, listening to the voice of God, um, speaking, of, speaking from 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 to 10. Um, not going to read it. It's too long. Um, <laughs> I'll summarize it, though. <laughs> um, God calls Samuel, uh, Samuel three times, but Samuel mis- misunder- misunderstands the call um, and goes to Eli and then Eli listens out to the voice. Uh, Eli asks Samuel to listen out to the voice, and Samuel listens out to the voice, and hears from God. Um, God's always speaking to us. Um, we just got to listen out to him. Pastor Luke um, from Brisbane campus, he um, had a lesson with us at um, Hope Academy. Um, he was saying that um, listening to God, God's voice is like um, tuning a... Um, uh, freak, um, radio, radio channel, um, which is, I, I think that's a really cool concept. So you just got to um, dial, dial into that frequency so you can listen, listen more. And I think that's pretty cool that you can you summit yourselves down so you can like dial your frequency to that, to that channel, God channel. Um, a few... I think mid-April, before national conference, um, we um, at chapel. By the way, chapel's like uh, mid-up uh, Tuesday worship session thing for interns. Um, um, I got uh, that's the first time I've encountered God speaking to me clearly, and I've spoken words over um, cat, Miss Cat, uh, yeah, cat. Um, and a few other people that I can't remember. Um, <laughs> oh, Josiah. Josiah was one of them. Um, so I felt like that's an unreal experience, that when God speaks to you clearly and relying, relaying the information to um, others. Um, I'm, that's, and then after that, Pastor Luke was like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> and then I spoke to Dave after, and he was like, yeah, this is also a thing. You need to pray more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, a great way to listen to prayer or listen to God is through prayer Amen. Yeah. Um, um, Pastor Luke again big fan of that guy um, <laughs> he, he also said like more you listen to someone's voice more you recognize their voice yeah. which, is, which is pretty cool um, yeah. also it's 7.01. That means Zeke Powers on live now at 9 now. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to let you know that. <laughs> um, it's, not a, it's not about getting... It's not about us getting more about um, God, but God wants more from us. Um, and by, from that, you need to spend more time with God. So... God can use me more. And thanks, Mom and Dad. And Josiah. (laughs) 
Hey church, how we doing? We'll put this down here real quick. There we go. Hey, can I ask for a favor real quick? Can I get a selfie? Yeah. <laughs> Just give me a second. Hold up. Can I do a little activity thing? When I say God is good, can you say amen? amen. Really loud. Like really, really loud. Yeah? Okay. God is good. I love you guys, man. That's the best. Let's go on straight back to Brisbane. All right. Um, so if you didn't catch my name before, um, my name's Josiah. I'm 18, and I'm one of the uh, Hope Academy students from Hope Academy. Yes. <laughs> um, for all of you who, for the most part of this day, have been guessing my height, I'm six foot five and possibly still growing, but I hope not. Um, <laughs> For the sake of all of the normal-sized doorways and all things normal-sized. Um, anyways, a little bit more about me. I have two sisters and two brothers. Next. Um, so as a part of this topic of hearing from God, I've been praying and um, I'm meditating. And I just felt the calling to title this message, Hearing from God Instead of Hearing from Ourselves. Um, you know what's crazy? That us faith-filled Christians can be so greatly knowing that God is love, but then in the very next moment become so deeply troubled by judgmental and condemning and shameful thoughts and voices that march in our mind. We allow these thoughts to roam in our minds unchecked, and we allow them to impart their lies into our lives. We can get so caught up in our own judgment, in our conscience, that we can let it shadow over God's loving thoughts about our lives. Page turn. <laughs> we can become so fearful of these negativity, this negativity in our lives and become so unresponsive to these thoughts um, that we let them have the same authority in our lives as God's voice. These thoughts can feel so great and insurmountable that we can begin to feel trapped and so insecure, and so shameful, and full of guilt and condemnation. But in order to defeat these self-judgments, we need to learn to cross-examine our own thoughts with the true words of God. Um, in 1 John 4.16, the writer, I think it's Paul, is that right? <laughs> it's John? I thought it was a letter to John. Anyways. <laughs> Hope Academy. <laughs> 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 yep. Anyways, um, <laughs> so 1 John 4.16 tells us that God is love, and that's all handy and dandy, but we need to know what love looks like, and that's important. And Paul, in 1 Corinthians, amen, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13.4-8 tells us that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy or boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongdoings. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Page turn. <laughs> 
So with that in mind, I'd just like to give a little testimony. By little, I mean however long the Holy Spirit wants to use it for. Um, but when I was a little 15-year-old, I'm going to say 15. I think it was in the period of grade 9 to, I'm going to say 11. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so I was in a friend group who were very um, influencing, and I found myself getting peer pressured a lot into things. And now there was this one thing. Um, I may say it, and it may be very minor, but I'm nice, I think. So it, it was a lot to me. Um, but my friends, the boys, um, they had brought some marijuana to school. And I was a part of the boys. And so, you know, you don't dog the boys. <laughs> um, so when they had brought it, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's get around it, let's do it, let's do it. I was like, yeah, yeah. And so I did it. And I went home, it was fine. The next day, I did it, I went home, it was fine. But over time, I accumulated this guilt and this inner judgment from my own conscience that I was keeping it a secret and that I wasn't being honest. And each day I'd come home and be fearful of that judgment and that condemnation that would just resonate in my conscience. And this voice in my conscience would be so, so, so judgmental and so condemning and so full of shame and guilt and it would be to the point of where I would just lie in my room and I'd be on my knees begging God to take away this shame and this voice of condemnation. Um, and so that went on for a couple years. Um, and I, it came to this point of where I just had to tell someone. And I just felt that I had to tell my dad for some reason. And so, you know those little, those little jolts that you get when, like, the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you walk past it and your heart's beating and it's beating and it's beating and then you don't do it. It's the best thing. <laughs> but I was having those moments for a good two years and each day that went past that I didn't do it, I'd feel so condemned and so judged. And each time that I went up to my father um, to tell him and to um, tell him what I'd done, I'd... I'd get really scared and nervous of that judgment and of that condemnation, that, that bad voice in my conscience that was telling me that I had done something wrong, that I wasn't good enough. And each day that went past, I'd get more and more fearful of this judgment. But there was this one day, I gathered enough, enough, up enough, what's the word? Bravery, courage, that's the one. <laughs> Joshua 1.9, amazing. Um, but I gathered up enough confidence and courage to go to my dad and... My heart was beating. I was walking down the hallway. Can I do this? I'm not going to do that. Um, I was walking down the hallway, and my dad was in the bathroom. And I walked into the bathroom, and with all of the courage I could muster up, I said, Dad, can I tell you something? And he said, yeah, sure, go for it. I'm like, yes, I've opened the door now. <laughs> I have to do it. And I said, um, so, Dad, there are these, my friends, um, at, hey, Justin, can you open this, homie? Thank you. Love you heaps. Um, yeah, so my friends... Thanks. Is that a good... Did I do that right? Mm. Yeah, um, so I said, Dad. And he said, yeah. Um, and I said, so a couple years ago, uh, my friends brought some marijuana to school. And... I've just been really nervous, and it's just been on my heart, and I've been really scared about it. And I said, um, I smoked it, and I know it was bad, and I just feel I really needed to tell you. And instead of all of that judgment and all of that condemnation and shame that resonated so deeply within my conscience, that voice, 
that was troubling me every day to the point of where I'd be on my knees crying to God, praying for him to take it away. That voice of judgment and that voice of condemnation was crushed when he looked into my eyes and said, son, it's okay. I love you and I'm proud of you. So I went back into the lounge room and I sat. And I sat. And I was confused. (laughs) What didn't I tell my dad that I didn't get this judgment and condemnation and shame and guilt and all things bad that my conscience, the voice of my conscience was telling me I was going to receive? What didn't I tell him? Well, I did it on multiple occasions. I did other things. I need to go tell him these. So I'm sitting on the couch. He went back into his room. He laid down. He's like, all right, cool. Oh, I have to do this again. Psych myself up. Right, I'm going. All right, sweet. I'm at his door and I said, dad, there were some other things. <laughs> and I tell him and he looks at me. He says, it's eating you up on the inside, isn't it? And I said, yes. And he said, my son, I'm proud of you and I love you and you're a good young man. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I walked back out into the lounge room, and I was so confused. But if there's anything that anyone, this one person that I need to touch the heart of today, if you can get anything from this message, it's that when we come to God, like I came to my dad, we can, we can, um, what's the word? We can expect, (laughs) expect to receive nothing but God's unmerited love and mercy, that we can expect to receive nothing but his grace and his love and his forgiveness. Page turn. I didn't read anything off that page. (laughs) So I just want to encourage that one person, that one person here that has those judgmental thoughts, that has the conscience, that has the voice that condemns them because of something that they've done wrong. I want you to know that God has forgiven you, that he has justified you, that Jesus himself came to earth to forgive you. He died to forgive you. And if Jesus is God, that's how much God loves you. We know that God is love and that love is patient. So any of these thoughts that come against you, any of these voices that come against you that pose against what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 48, go study it. Anything that is against that is against God and is not God. And so I want to encourage you today and build you up in faith and in love. God's voice towards us says, I love you. I'm proud of you, I'm behind you, and holding your hand, walking beside you. You're a warrior. You're my kid, my child, my son, and my daughter. I'm with you always. Church, can I pray before I finish? Father, I thank you for every single person here, God. Father, I speak from a stance of having dealt with a battle like this, God. And I just pray with passion, Lord God, that the person that is battling this same battle, Father God, that you would just give them guidance, Lord God, that you would help them to dive into your word, Lord Jesus. And Father God, to know who you are, Jesus, that you are love, Father God, and that you are for them. Jesus, that your heart towards them is always a heart full of forgiveness and love and grace and mercy, Father God. And Father, I just pray for that one person that I need to touch tonight, Father God. Father God, there's people in this place that are, that are battling God, and I just pray that you would touch them, Father God, that you would help them to show, Lord God, them who you are, Jesus. And I pray that you would fill them with your spirit and encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, church. Come on, pass it down. Good job, buddy.